The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. I can't remember who it was who said it, but they said there's never a good time to talk about dying. And, you know, maybe when you look out the window on a beautiful morning like this, you think, I don't want to think too much about that sort of thing. Let's push it out for a rainy day. But people um, all over the place, all over the world, are taking charge of organising their own funerals. So how would you like to plan your own funeral? My farewell wishes... A new Irish-owned funeral planning business has commenced nationwide operations with the support of over 40 of the country's top funeral directors, many of whom are based in Cork City and County. And when you look at the size of the county, you can understand why. My Farewell Wishes helps people to decide in advance, obviously, how they would like their funeral to run and allows them to consider important issues and different issues, but also issues uh, such as cost and venue. Now, I've got the former, uh, the founder, should I say, uh, of of uh, My Farewell Wishes on the phone, Colm Kieran. Morning to you, Colm. Morning, Gareth. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. It's, Good. It's, it's a subject nobody wants to talk about, but if, if there's one thing that we all have in common, and you know the old phrase that it's paying taxes and dying. Um, and, it, you, and flat roofs will leak. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And no electrician can help you with this one, that's for sure. So, like, where did the idea come from? So uh, I'm a funeral director myself based in Kings Court in County Cavan. And there would have been a, a service provider similar to this who looked after the payment end of things. But they were UK based. So when Brexit came along, they decided to pull out of the country. It was too much hassle. And there was a gap there that a lot of funeral directors who I was working with and for said, OK, what are we going to do now? So I decided two years ago to, to design and launch this business. But we've put a different emphasis on the pre-planning end of things. The UK model is very much all about pre-payment and making payments and it's all about cost. We want to bring the conversation a little bit earlier in the first instance to help people decide, first of all, what it is that they want. And what it's all about is giving people a voice in the conversation that happens after they pass away. I, as a funeral director, would see all the time people sitting down with us as a family making arrangements. And the one voice that's missing from that conversation is the person themselves in most cases. So our idea is let people decide first what it is that they want, get it written down, and then share it with their loved ones. And that's the key message that we have to put out there. Why are we all so afraid of death? Well, it's funny. Uh, not all of us are. You you find, and in our business, we deal with a lot of people in their sixties, seventies, eighties, and nineties. And this generation, probably given the fact that they've they've seen a lot, they've been through a lot, they've attended a lot of funerals, they've lost a lot of loved ones, are actually fairly good at talking about it. But where they struggle is when they're trying to speak with their family members, younger family members, who just don't want to have that conversation, who don't want to think about the day of maybe when they're not around. Whereas we find people who are closer to that age are much more open to speaking about it. And again, what our business does, our service that we provide through local funeral directors, we provide the tools to have these conversations with uh, younger family members. I think it's fair to say not too long ago that organising a funeral was something that you had very little to do with yourself. It was organised in conjunction with uh, church recommendations that, in other words, you were given a small booklet, you were told you can take readings from this, you can you can uh, have these particular hymns, 
um, you can't sing popular music that's not regarded as hymnal music uh, at, at the funeral itself. But all of that is changing now, isn't it? It is, and we're seeing much more of a, a trend towards uh, non-religious funerals, um, and also funerals where there's a combination of both. And again, people don't realise what their options are. Like I had a lady sitting in front of me this week who didn't realise that she could have her ashes buried with her husband in her husband's plot. She just assumed that she couldn't do that, that she'd have to scatter them somewhere. So it's only by having these conversations that you realise what the options are. Again, when it comes to to civil feelings, like we've had a, a local person as well here who only when she sat down on our forums realised all the options that she had. And now she has chosen to have her ashes scattered on a family farm over bluebells while there's a particular song being played. And she said, I didn't realise I could do that. And she said it was it was tough to go through these questions, but I could tell from her when she'd finished with our service that she was much more relieved and she had peace of mind knowing that these things were going to be looked after when the time came. I, I think th- there's nothing more joyful when you're at a funeral service to hear the congregation breaking into laughter at, at, at the end of a funny story. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and again, that's where, let's say, a ceremony that can take place. And you're starting to see now, like, I, I, I live very close to a, a wedding, a very famous wedding venue here called Canberra Castle Hotel. Mm-hmm. And probably a lot of your your listeners may have been at a wedding there over the years. They're now building a purpose-built civil wedding venue that's also going to be available for civil funerals, where people can come and tell those stories, have a civil celebrant there, intertwine all the pieces of somebody's life into a 30-minute, 40-minute ceremony where you can have somebody stand up in the crowd and say, I, I have this memory. And they can be the most poignant, joyful celebrations of life, much different than maybe what we're used to. But again, if people want traditional, it's still very important that they can have that as well. And that's where you can take control by having these conversations now with family members and saying, this is what I want, not what you want. This is what I want. And this is the way it's going to be. Right. Tell me, tell me about this unique record of wishes form. Yes, yeah, so we have, and this this is the key part of our service. So we have a form that we've designed and we put it out to loads of people within our local community over the last few years. And when you work in, you work in radio for decades at this stage, Gareth, and I've been listening to you for years, I'm sure there are technical jargon that you use with sound engineers and people and researchers that you and I, or people on the street like myself wouldn't understand. And we're the same in funerals. That we talk about things that, like, for example, a double grave as opposed to a single grave. People don't know what that means. So what we've done with our Record of Wishes form is that we've brought people simply through all the steps and all the options that they should be making when making funeral arrangements. And we've provided glossary in that that explains in simple language what their options are. So when somebody fills that out, they can do it with their local funeral director. We have five or six funeral directors now in Cork and, and within the on the outskirts of the city and, and beyond where people can go in and get their record of wishes, bring it home with them, write it down, 
And what we do through the local funeral director then is we send out a certificate of their wishes. We send it to the funeral director. We send it to them. And the most important person we send it to is the person they've nominated as their representative. So when that time comes, they take that certificate, they travel to the local funeral director and say, listen, these are the wishes of this person. And then it gets carried out. Mm. Where where will this where will this go in the future? Because I, I, we're breaking away from tradition here, particularly as you mentioned with um, non-religious funerals, humanist funerals, um, where people really want to celebrate the individual's life rather than uh, coming together to mourn. They want it to be a happy day. They want it to be an uplifting day. Well, there's a few things that's going to impact on the way that Irish people do funerals. First of all is the availability of clergy is going to cause a a very, very, um, very large impact on when we can have funerals. Mm. Uh, We're used to having a three and four day funeral. I can see it already. That's extending out to five and six days and beyond because priests simply are not available or clergy in general. So what you could see is a time when, okay, a funeral might happen fairly immediately. It could be a cremation. And then what people might do instead to still have a religious element in it is have a month's memory mass at a time that suits them and their family. Or the trend in the States is much more towards having, okay, the, the immediate funeral fairly soon after somebody has died, but then having a venue to book whether it be a funeral home or a hotel venue, to have a celebration of life ceremony. And in those types of ceremonies, in definitely in the United States, it's done by invitation, mm-hmm. where family families decide what they want, whether it be food, uh, music, live music, uh, photos on the wall, uh, digital imagery, all, all these different things that when people come to an event like that, that it's very much a celebration, an uplifting, a way to remember the person who's passed away. And it can take a bit of time to do that properly. And that's why in the States, it's three to four weeks and they'll have a ceremony like that after a funeral. And can anyone preside over a funeral? Let's say, obviously, a, a non-religious funeral. Can there be an independent Yeah, person? so it's very, very, very similar to... Um, the service providers who are out there for civil weddings typically dovetail that then would also looking after civil funerals. And although there, there's a legal requirement in terms of getting married and have somebody who can actually do the, the, the official vows and mm-hmm. so on and have it registered with a funeral, that's not in place. But it's more about competency. So what you're looking at is having a celebrant who's actually good at designing a service around your life or the, the life of your loved one who's able to design it and then deliver it and do it in such a way that that reflects the person has done well and i think more than anything else it's wonderful to be able to look back and say uh, just to, to remember how much you contributed to you know those those final days that you know that the, the part of what you did lives on with the memory of that individual Exactly. And it's a very, very relevant point. Like a lot of times people will come up to a funeral director at the end or you'll hear conversations and they'll say things like, God, didn't we, she got a good send off today. And I think that's, that's very, that's ingrained Irish way of doing 
funerals for generations that we feel it's the last thing we can do for a loved one is to do that well and therefore to to design a, a service or a ceremony that's in line with somebody's wishes i think is one of the best ways that we can do it in a way that they can say well yes we not only give them a good send-off but we did it based on the way that they wanted to do it as well what's the website address so it's myfarewellwishes.ie you can mm-hmm. get in contact with us there uh, we find a lot of people are actually more comfortable getting in touch by text or email or messenger just to break the ice initially we can put them then in touch with their local funeral director who provides a service or if they don't provide the service we can still send our certificate of wishes to their chosen funeral director and that's what's very important here is that it's the people within communities it's the service providers like ourselves here in King's Court who people want to use so we're doing this very much in partnership with your local funeral director and in consultation with them that you know that it's being carried out by somebody who you trust in your local area as well okay colin it's been great talking to you this morning um thanks for joining us Thanks, Gareth. Good to talk to you. You too. Thank you. Colm Kieran there, founder of uh, at, uh, My Farewell Wishes. That address, by the way, the website, myfarewellwishes.ie. The service is currently available at 57 different locations around the country and lots of Cork funeral directors have signed up to it too. Now, just coming up to uh, 20 minutes to 11, some of your messages in relation to Al Pacino. Uh, in case you haven't heard, Al Pacino, at the age of 83, is about to become a dad again. His 29-year-old partner is due to have uh, a baby. Uh, Eugene says, I feel that it's very wrong to be having sex with someone younger than one of your children. Pat says, the baby will be changing his nappy in a few years. He'll be 90 in a few years' time. Best of luck to them both. In relation to the rise in petrol prices, as you know, petrol went up six p, uh, six cent, six p, oh, six cent last night at midnight and five cent for diesel. Tom says the way the filling stations put up the prices annoys people because in many cases the fuel was bought at the old price but retailed at the new price. I think there should be some dye additive when there's a big price increase like this and you would know if it was the new fuel it would be a bit like the way uh, they do farmer's diesel I don't, I don't think I've ever seen fuel going into the car, all I know is once the old pump goes in, that's it, and then uh, it fills. Uh, the, the Green Party, do people realise that if this small island in the Atlantic Ocean went 100% green, it wouldn't make one difference to the environment uh, the Green Party should go and live in China, USA Russia, etc. and preach there, that's from Kieran. that was in relation to an item um, that PJ raised yesterday, and uh, Paul says, uh, in relation to funerals and uh, in relation to planning your funeral differently, a dear friend of ours passed away some years ago, uh, he was an atrocious golfer, but he was a lifelong member at our local golf club and despite his bad golfing his request was that the ashes would be uh, distributed on the 18th green but in true keeping with his golf style the ashes blew into the bunker we're going to talk more about death Adula, D-O-U-L-A has opened up about how people are contacting her to plan their own funerals in a bid to face their own crippling mortality issues a topic we're coming back to again Sarah Horgan was writing about this in The Echo recently and Stephanie Bleck a death doula is on the phone right now good morning Stephanie Good morning, Gareth. Now, tell me a little bit about this, because doula is a very old Greek word 
um, it usually related to women and very closely related to midwives and birth support partners down through the years. Isn't that the case? Yeah, yeah. So it is that kind of aspect of of a midwife and uh, similar as we might know it through like the birth doula. So at the beginning of life, um, supporting the birthing process, supporting the family. Um, it's it's very similar to the, the death doulas, which are just basically at the end of the journey. In relation to how different cultures and different nationalities say farewell to their loved ones, where are we in relation to that? Are we still a very, very traditionally custom-abiding nation? I think it's quite mixed. Like I think especially um, like in big cities, there's so much variety of like people with so many different belief systems. I think a lot of the, the customs has have changed and yet there is, I think, still a lot of tradition and how um, the whole process is held, like the wake and maybe specific songs. So I think it is it is very an interesting mix that you can you can see in Ireland. Um, why, why can I can I ask you in relation to these crippling mortality issues? Uh, a, a term that's quite familiar in psychology circles would be the death anxiety, which a lot of psychologists think we carry with us from a very early age. As soon as we reach that consciousness age where we're aware that we're mortal, that we will eventually someday die. Why are we afraid of dying? And in being that afraid, why are we afraid to talk about it? Hmm. I think it's, yeah, it's a really big question and I think it has been around and looked at at so many angles throughout the years. Um, I think it's a lot to do with uh, we're naturally as human beings um, we're drawn to to life, to explore, to grow. That's kind of a natural process and I think being also in a society maybe that where that is enhanced, you know mm-hmm. and um and I think often it is, I would see it more as um, we, we are afraid of the things we love and that we feel connected to, that we know they will change and we have to say goodbye to them. And we don't really know maybe what comes next. So I often, for me, it feels often more as a fear of um, knowing that whatever is familiar and close, uh, which we relate to, which we identify with, is going to, is going to change. Um, yeah, and I think up up to now, certainly, or up to recently, there were very few professions that would talk to you about the prospect of death. You know, I mean, the medical profession would have a specific view on it. Although that's changing, I see in a recent survey, nearly seventy percent of doctors now believe that there is something beyond this life. Uh, so, so, can you tell me how did your journey to become a death doula begin? Because it's it's a very unusual choice. Um, yeah, it kind of began with um, with my uncle. My uncle got um, got cancer. He had um, pancreas cancer, and my mother, who at that time was very close to him, um, she looked after him. And um, he first wanted to die um, at home, but he um, that wasn't possible anymore. So. Uh, he went into a hospice and I was still quite young at that time 
But I, I remember my mom coming back and just telling me about, you know, what a hospice is and what care has been offered. And I was just very touched by it. And I knew that I wanted to go into um, social work and something like that. So when I then decided to, to study, um, it kind of came up again and again that I would love to maybe work with that aspect um, because I think it's it's very meaningful and I think having had that experience of what it, what it can mean and how it can be for a person um, who was very dear to me at that time, my uncle, um, yeah, just made a made a big, put a big importance. And when people and so, come, when people come. To- hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, "What the f- are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass." So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. To talk to you about death, what aspect of death do they want to talk about? Do they want to share with you? Um, it is quite varied. Like some people just actually feel so happy to be actually just able to speak with someone who is also neutral um, in a way. So not not family members, maybe not someone they feel like they will upset by maybe mentioning their fear because I think sometimes we, you know, we're trying to hold it together. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes it's just general conversation about, you know, like what's, how are you, what's going on? And maybe looking back, helping the person to maybe look back at specific things in their life that they find maybe difficult to um, to be with, like maybe some things that are unresolved. So that would be also something people would address me to, like maybe unresolved um, conflicts or maybe organizational things or in general, maybe just mm-hmm. being also family members, being overwhelmed with, you know, what to do or... Um, yeah. Can can have you a number or have you a website? If if someone listening this morning would like to get in contact with you. Um, yeah. So um, the website is um, stephanieblech.com. Okay. So it's written with an F and a B L E C H. B L E C H. Yeah. And um, there's um, all yeah. the information is and there. Fun. Yeah. That's great, Stephanie. Lovely to talk to you. Have a nice weekend. Thank you. Thank you so much. That's Stephanie Blech, B-L-E-C-H dot com, if you want to find out more about that. Now, um, funeral parties, I suppose that's the sort of image we're trying to portray this morning. Obviously, on this beautiful sunny morning, we don't want to be getting anybody down. We're talking about being dispatched from this life. Maeve heard our chat about organising your own funeral, and she has some very interesting ideas for her own dispatchment. Hi, Maeve. Hi, how are things? Things are great and I'm alive and you are and it's a beautiful morning. But obviously you have already sorted out a few things that, you, well, somebody will follow through for, for you in your absence. Um, looking ahead, hopefully far, far ahead at your own funeral, what's going to happen? Um, well, I will be wearing a pink bodycon dress. 
I will be wearing black wedges. Now, they say no shoes in the coffin, but I told the undertakers I want five-inch black wedges. Uh-huh. Strange request, he said, but look, that's what I want. And most importantly, when I'm being lowered into the ground, I want Maniac 2000 played. By Mark McCabe. Let's have a listen to what's going to happen as you're being lowered into the grave. I don't think I've ever, ever heard the like of it. You could be the first, you could be the very first. I'm not the first person to have she's a maniac tattooed on the back of her on her body. <laughs> there is another girl that I know of that has it on her forearm. Right. So, right, we, we've got the kind of the drift, the style, the tempo. Maniac 2000, it's going to be played. Um, and this is as you're being buried alongside your dad. Yes. Um, actually, when my dad was being buried, he went into the ground kicking and screaming. Right. As my dad would, and I actually had to put my shoe in the coffin and give him a little nudge. Right. To the shock and horror of everyone around us, but dad and I seen the funny side of it. Right, okay. Um, and I'm curious, do, do, do you want to be buried with your mobile phone, or were you going to bother with anything like that? Oh no, that now will be coming with me, and my vape. Oh, your vape is coming with you, okay. And obviously your charger, I don't know where you're going to plug it in, but you've got to bring that with you as well. She would never know in the afterlife what it'll bring us. That's very true. I suppose you won't need a charger. At last, the dreaded charger Hopefully will be a thing now, of the Mark past. Hopefully now Mark would attend as well and sing it live, but look, we can't be fussy. I thought you were going to say something else about Mark McCabe. I don't think he'll be in the afterlife just yet, but I'm sure he'll be delighted to hear that song again. Um, and as, as far as kind of a reception goes, what will your friends and family be doing? Oh, for the reception, I would like everyone to participate in Rock the Boat. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, Forest or Hughes Corporation, either or. Wow. Everybody on the floor. Maybe a little bit of YMCA as well, just like a proper 90s team disco. I love it. And a bit of sunshine as well. Is that right? Sorry? A bit of sunshine? No, I'm allergic to the heat. I can't stand this weather at the moment. Okay, well, I suppose it'll be quite dark eventually anyway, so... Although maybe not, as you say, you never know what's beyond. So anyway, it's no, the, it's the bit around... you never know what you're going to face. That's true. So it's the bit around, she was a sexy lady. That's your favourite bit in the song, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Okay. She had to get her thrill. <laughs> Maeve, it's lovely to talk to you, and um, hopefully we'll be talking to you again and again and again for a very long time. Thanks a lot. Yes. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye. Just while we're on the subject, uh, earlier in the week, we spoke to callers. PJ was speaking to callers about assisted dying, which was recently introduced in Portugal. And it prompted a call from Kevin. Kevin's on the line. Good morning to you, Kevin. Um, I'll be honest. With the funerals that you guys have been discussing this morning, uh, I want to go to Gavin's funeral. <laughs> okay. Gavin's funeral sounds like it's, the, it's definitely going to be the one to, one to go to for sure. 
Let me just remind Hello. everybody, this is a, a massive party that Gavin is organising. No tears allowed. A huge gathering of my nearest and dearest. Loads of free-flowing champagne. Mm-mm. Bands on yeah. the stage playing my favourite tunes. A maf- massive buffet of my favourite foods. And no one is allowed to stop partying until at least 6am the next morning. Yeah. Sounds like a good deal, doesn't it? You've actually got the right idea. But going back to what PJ was talking about in the week, and it came to me that... The only thing that any of us can ever really ask for is dignity in life and dignity in death. And assisted assisted dying gives that. And I've watched two people pass in my immediate family in the last two years. And both of them died without dignity, to be honest. My mum passed. It was really difficult for her. But my eldest daughter passed in London a couple of years ago during covid waiting for a transplant and she ended up passing with multiple organ failure and King's College in London did absolutely fantastic they did everything right they kept her alive as long as they could and in doing that she had absolutely no dignity in that whatsoever it was an excruciating process for everyone that was there to watch happen and I thought we talked about this me and her talked about this a lot that because we knew it was going to come eventually and the only thing that she ever asked for was to be able to go with dignity and at the time when when i was living in the uk the big talk was well if that ever happens send me off to switzerland send me to dignitas mm-hmm. you know that that was a conversation <laughs> if i ever get this illness off to switzerland i go i don't want to be in a burden for anyone what and, what do you make of advanced medical directives where th- this document which you would draw up with your solicitor is then issued to a hospital or to your consultant or whoever it is that's actually looking after your welfare? I think it's definitely a, a way to, it's something that has to be looked at properly. Um, I think that you should be in control of how you go. And we've all seen people pass away that have been close to us. We've, we've all witnessed this. We all know what's co- what that is like. And it doesn't need to be as difficult as it is. Uh, it's already hard enough. And I've heard all the arguments before, like, oh, what, you know, they'll, they'll get rid of you because they want your estate. So nonsense. Look, there's, there's safeguards in place in all the countries that have, have passed through assisted dying bills that you have to go to. It's not a case that you can rock up to a place and decide, I want to go tomorrow. It doesn't work like that. The real world, it takes months. And you're in control. You wouldn't do it to an animal. You wouldn't put an animal through something just so you can hold on to them a bit longer. You'd be called all sorts if you did. You know, but we will do that with people, with people that we love. And it's not fair. It's not fair on them. And I'm sure that that's not what they want. I know it's not what I want. I, I don't want to be that person where I'm being kept alive by machines or by a, extraordinary means just so other people can't let go. It's, it's not fair. And I just think it's, down, it's something that we, need, we, can, we should look at as a country. We shouldn't be ex- send, letting people go off abroad to, to die when it's something that we should facilitate for us, for us, for us, for, our, for ourselves. And it's the last shred of dignity that you have. It's the last decision that you can make for yourself. Is I want to go, and this is how I want to go, and I want, and this is what I want to happen. You should be entitled to make that decision as long as you're of sound mind. That's a decision you should be allowed to make, and it's you, nobody should be criminalised for helping you to make that decision or helping you to facilitate 
your your last wish. That that was my thinking of what he was, what PJ was talking about the other day, and that's how I come across with it. I, I just can't see how you would how you wouldn't deny that to somebody. Okay. Point well made, Kevin. Thanks. Nice to talk right. to you. Thank you. And you, Gareth. Take care. Thank you. Sure. Bye bye. That's Kevin there. And uh, of course, assisted dying um, is a crime uh, in this country. And uh, the debate continues and will continue, I would imagine, for a very, very long time. Now, great reaction to our feature on alternative funerals this morning. Many of you saying you're finding it uh, quite uplifting, which is wonderful. That's what we wanted to do. And it's prompted a call from Janice. Morning to you, Janice. Good morning. Now, you're a celebrant, and uh, I am. That's you're, right. you're finding that there's been a huge surge now in celebrant-led funerals. Tell me about that. Uh, there has been. I initially trained to be a wedding celebrant, and then I went on to train to be a funeral celebrant, and then a community celebrant. And I have found um, myself being contacted uh, an awful lot lately with regards to a celebrant-led uh, funeral, because... Um, People people realise now that there are choices that is is uh, basically your day, your way, for want of a, a better way of saying it. Because the amount of times I've met people and they say, oh, if only I knew we could have had that funeral, if only I knew we could have had those songs or those poems or that little enhancement, it would have made so much of a difference to our lives. People were people are often very shocked, obviously, with a funeral and they kind of are inclined to go with the flow rather than just taking stock and saying, oh, my loved one would have loved this poem. My loved one would have loved those songs. They would have loved a little enhancement, you know, with feathers or shells, you know, just something to add that little personal touch. And there tends to be a terrible rush, doesn't there, to, to get everything organised and performed? There is. Yeah, and, you know, especially in Ireland, it's um, you go to the funeral director and often people think that they have to do the, the rosary, the removal, and then the cemetery or the crematorium, whereas you don't I mean I find myself sometimes doing ceremonies now in people's homes uh, especially um, people would ask me to on when they're closing the coffin for the last goodbye they might have a candle enhancement where you would light three candles you would have you know the light to remember the light they brought into your lives the light that they, the light of the, li- the light they brought to the love and the light they brought to everyone's family and all around them and then the light to light their future journey above you know and just a poem that was meant something to them and the last goodbye you know something small personal but just just that perfect little moment you know for the family for a little goodbye or I often find myself in the crematorium and again I'd have, I'd have met the family beforehand and we'll pick out you know readings or poetry songs just that little personal element yeah, I, I, it sounds beautiful, I, and so beautiful. In fact, you can picture it with the candles and those symbolic ways of saying goodbye and thank you for various aspects of your life, and it's a way of celebrating that person's life. But do you, have you come across conflict between the generations where the older members of the family, parents and grandparents, may want a more traditional approach? Well, you initially a lot in the older generation, they're they're they don't know what to expect. Yeah. And they're afterwards they come up to me and they say, I didn't realise it would be so personal, I didn't realise it would, you know, it would be like this. Um and there you there is no problem if people want um a nod to religion, there is no problem having a religious reading. It doesn't have to be you know, a completely non-religious service. You know, it, it's it's whatever the people want. The celebrant is actually the vessel 
for the ceremony. Mm. You know, you can, you can, you can have, you can have religious readings. You can have little enhancements. It is just whatever you want. And the celebrant will lead the person along the path that they, you know, that they, they feel the people need. And have you come across any sort of wacky song requests, like say "Can't Heat on the Road Again"? Or um, well, they're not wacky. They're they're people's personal yeah. uh, personal wants. You know, it's yes, their it's their final wish. So there's nothing there's nothing that is too wacky. It's just a personal wish. <laughs> and some people, some people's last personal wish is to be funny to their family to get them to laugh. Yes, which uh, is an amazing <laughs> gift. I, I shouldn't have used the word wacky, but like I, I, I want to be laid out in a pirate's outfit. Is no bother. I'm sure I can come up. I'm sure I can come up with some way of. Do, do you know what we could do? Yeah. We can give everyone a shell, and they can pass. They can put a shell in a special place where they felt you would have had a connection. How's that <laughs> for your pirate wish? Yeah. <laughs> Somebody saying, "What? Why a pirate?" Well, I think. See, I started off on pirate radio. Um, you know where you felt like you were a pirate. You know, and so anyway, uh, moving on. Uh, you did a Viking funeral. That's actually a, few a very weeks, easy one. Yeah. Is I did. Yeah, go it, ahead. that's a very easy one. Obviously, you obviously you love poetry that will reflect on will reflect on you know life on the waves and yeah. your love of freedom. You know that's that's a very easy one to do. And you can bury me with a stuffed parrot then as well. If you want to, do you know, well again we can bring the feathers into it. If you want, if you want to bring the feathers into it, you know? oh, yes, <laughs> some, some people, yeah, that's right. Some people, they some people have um, an affection for feathers. Oh really? So I like to, yes, to do. A lot of people, a lot of people feel their loved ones uh, give them feathers as messages. And so um, one of the things I like to do at some funerals is I like to give everyone a, a, a feather, and yeah, I ask them yeah. to keep the feather. And when they they leave to when they find a special place that I think the person who has passed would have loved to blow a wish to the universe and release the feather. That's beautiful. Beautiful. And keeping the the pirate team in mind, I know you did a Viking funeral a few weeks back, didn't you? I did. No, I can't go into too many personal details because I wouldn't like to uh, give out too many details. But um, again, there was a personal wish of a Viking funeral and the family picked out readings and poetry and it was absolutely beautiful. Wow, that's wonderful. I think it's so uplifting. I mean, not, and you know, I'm actually quite surprised we've had no texts from anybody saying um, it's a very depressing subject because it's a celebration, isn't it? It is a celebration and that's what we must remember. It's a celebration of a person's life. And again, even after the funerals, uh, so many people come back to me and there are so many different ways to, to celebrate your loved one's life. For example, a, a lot of people don't realise that you can get the ashes turned into diamonds. Wow, carbon diamonds wow. you send the ashes to switzerland and they get sent to you get them some people get them turned into earrings or pendants or just something that they have on the you know just the bedside locker um a lot of people believe it or not put their loved ones ashes into a vinyl record of their favorite song wow i didn't know that you can get that yeah you can get that are there's um there's a company in ireland i think they're emerald ceremonies they put the they put the ashes into fireworks and the we have a ceremony where the ashes are shot up into the sky by in a firework. And can you be launched into outer space if you have the money? Obviously, I'd imagine you can do anything if you have the money. Yeah, it's an amazing way to to go, isn't it? Back to the universe. <laughs> <laughs> and what would be the what would be the ultimate song? Um, I suppose um, Major Tom to Ground Control. 
Very good. I was thinking Queen, actually, personally, but there you are. Oh, great. Well, there's two of them. For, there's two of them for the ceremony, that's for sure. Um, Brilliant. Uh, Paul is wondering, um, could, could could somebody spread my ashes in my back garden under my favourite tree? Can you do that? Yes, you can. No bother. I get asked to do that quite a lot. Oh. Um, some people divide the ashes among different areas and some people, they just pick a, a specific area and they, they have a little ceremony and they bury them in a favourite spot. Or I did a ceremony a few months back where the people wanted the ashes sent out to sea. So you get a biodegradable pillow. So the ashes are put on the pillow and the family had a whole circle of candles lit on the beach. They had some readings and some poetry and they put the ashes on the biodegradable pillow and they sent it out to sea. My goodness. Wow. Well, I maybe... So it's whatever you can think of, you can do. Elon Musk might maybe get behind me for my venture in outer space but it's down the road as they say um, Janice and by the way it's Janice O'Callaghan it's like an O'Callaghan takeover this morning we had Sheila O'Callaghan that's it it is yes. it's just it's <laughs> wonderful just my dreams come true now your company Bespoke Wedding Ceremonies you're on Facebook and Instagram aren't you I am, yes, yes. I do weddings as well. That's great. I, have I do every celebration, actually. Brilliant, great. Um, and I can imagine you sound wonderful for the, the, the vocation as well. Have you a busy weekend ahead or have you a weekend off? Uh, no, I actually have a wedding this weekend. Oh, wow. So I'll be, I'll be working this weekend. What a beautiful day for Saturday or, or Monday or Sunday? I actually have a biker a biker wedding down in the Harley Davidson uh, weekend. Oh, fantastic! <laughs> so I, I, I have a I have a brilliant life. <laughs> I saw them actually outside uh, big gang of them outside Jury's Hotel there um, on Albert Street this morning heading heading west. So uh, I would imagine they're they're probably going to be guests at that as well. Listen, Janice, great oh, to chat to you. Brilliant. Take care. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye now. Bye-bye. Thank you. So there it is. Bespoke Wedding Ceremonies. Uh, She's on Facebook and Instagram as well. That's Janice O'Callaghan. Corks 96 FM.